Hello, my name's Tom Boone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we usually give you a lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Today, Joe's out of town, so I've invited Reese Jones from Head for Points on the show to discuss Lufthansa's huge cabin upgrade revealed earlier this week. Welcome to the show, Reese. Hi, thank you for having me, Tom. No worries. Thank you for, for joining us. So um, I met you in person again finally earlier this week when we were in Berlin for the for the launch of the Lufthansa cabin. And, you know, I could keep going on and on about this, but uh, let's start with you. You know, um, quickly sum up, what was your key takeaways of this event last week? Look, so the, the new product is called Allegris. Um, it's a full cabin refresh across all classes. So that's first class, business class, premium economy, and economy. And this is Lufthansa's next generation product. Um, and they'll be installing it um, across their aircraft, um, starting with the Boeing 787s arriving in September, hopefully. Um, and then we'll see it uh, progress onto the A350s. Uh, they've already confirmed that it will come to the 7478s. Um, and then in terms of A380s and A330s, I think that's still a bit more in um, up in the air. Uh, we'll see where they kind of, I think that depends on their fleet decisions really. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a massive announcement. Um, this is the seat that uh, they won Skytrax five-star airline for in 2017. And it's good to finally see it in the flesh. It's good to hear that it's coming, you know, in the next few months really. Um, so that's very exciting. Um, and as I said, it's 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 across all cabin classes. So they've got a really exciting first class product um, that they revealed at the event on Tuesday, and then they've also got, um, as I said, new products in business and in premium and in economy. So they should benefit all flyers. Yeah, I was um, very surprised because you know I took time and you took time looking at all of the the cabins, but it was uh, interesting how many people just completely had no interest in economy or premium economy at the event. Um, but you know, I'm I'm quite excited to see the whole rollout. Um, from my point of view, you know, the the big surprise for us was that they are introducing this double suite in the middle of the aircraft because you know we knew the first class suite was coming, but there was no mention of it being for two people um, until this date. So, you know. I've got my reservations about it, as we've chatted to privately before this. Um, but do you want to just uh, sing its praises a little bit before I criticise it slightly? <laughs> right. So I, I think it's a really interesting and unique concept. Um, because fundamentally what they've done is they've got four first-class um, seats now. Uh, they used to have eight in a very open cabin. They've now gone to suites, so very enclosed, 1.8-metre-high walls. You know, it feels very private. And so it's a one-two-one layout. But the middle pair really is a single suite. It's kind of a honeymoon suite, effectively, um, except that's not what they're calling it. Um, they're calling it the Suite Plus. Although, and, you know, um, Jens Ritter did say um, in his talk that this is the perfect way for a married couple to start their honeymoon and their marriage. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And, you know, I think what, in terms of how the seat works, I think it will predominantly be um, shared by, you know, married couples um, or unmarried couples as well. Um, you know, any, any kind of couples, because it's not really a seat that's been designed for, say, business colleagues or just, you know, loose friends. And that's because fundamentally what you have is a single uh, suite um, and you have two seats side by side and um, both of these seats can turn 
can turn into a fully flat bed as a double bed. So it's 1.2 metres wide, so tiny bit smaller than the kind of standard UK double bed size, um, but still, you know, big enough for two. Um, and so you're, sh- you're basically sharing a bed, right? It's not, these aren't two suites that have like a sliding door that you can move up and down. You are in the same space. You're sharing the same bed, although they do, um, the seats do operate um, separately as well. So you can't, if one person wants to sleep, that's fine as well. But you, you know, you are really close to each other. You're sharing one massive, I think it's 42 inch in-flight entertainment screen. I think it's um, 43. But, it might be 40, yeah. 43, yeah. Um, <laughs> either way, it's it's absolutely massive. Mm. Um, I think it's probably the TV. biggest. <laughs> right, it's bigger than mine. I think it's probably the biggest screen I've seen on a, uh, a plane before. Um, but it does mean you know you're sharing you're sharing your in-flight entertainment. There aren't whilst you do have tablets to control the seat controls. Um, there isn't you don't have individual um, screens per se. You're sharing a bed and you're also crucially sharing um, meal times because what they've done is they've created a, a buddy dining concept where a big table folds out of the side console and one person sits on the ottoman and one person sits on the seat. So it's very much like a restaurant setup. The, the table is vast. It's a really, really big restaurant-sized um, dining table. But you know that means you don't have individual... Uh, trade tables so the, there's less flexibility for two people who who don't want to share the experience so this, this is this was my my key takeaway because you know um me on a flight you know if i was in first class and it was dine on demand i would just be eating the whole time uh, but you know right. if i was traveling with laura she wouldn't be doing that so um it's just this whole case of you know it's you have to be doing everything as a couple you have to eat as a couple because the person on the left doesn't get their own table you have to watch as a couple and you know this was the thing I asked well you know what if I want to watch this thing and the person I'm traveling with wants to watch that thing and the answer was oh you can pull this tablet out of the side and watch something on there but then you know you haven't got a table either so um, you know fold out tables so you're just going to have to hold that tablet and you know I, I get I get what they're going for, but at the same time, you know, if you're f- spending this much money to travel in first class, you would, to me, want that would be like a sort of essential inclusion. Yeah, right. So I, I can totally understand where you're coming from. I think mm. what Lufthansa is going from, and um, certainly what the impression they gave me on Tuesday was that they they don't believe that there's a one size fits all solution to cabin seating, and that's one of the reasons why they've unveiled fourteen. And yes, that's 14 different uh, seat types across all cabins. Um, and that's seven of those are just in business class. So compared to most airlines, you know, they're offering a vast amount of choice. Um, and so what they're, what they're trying to do is to create a different experience. And yes, it may not suit everyone. Um, you know, it's not going to be popular with business class travelers who, uh, sorry, with business travelers who um, are traveling with colleagues, because obviously, you're you're so in each other's space you don't want to share it with me (laughs) (laughs) we'll see on a press trip um but i think you know lufthansa um is trying to trying to give everyone kind of the most optimum seat for them um and i think what's what's interesting about this seat is that the pricing it'll all come down to how it's priced and that's that's because we you know we were talking to the Lufthansa staff we were asking them these questions and they seem to suggest that this double suite um suite plus would not be priced at twice the solo seat price so in effect what you're getting is you know you're you're paying maybe one and a half times 
one and three quarter times as much as you would for a single seat, but you get a double seat. So it's actually slightly, it could be slightly cheaper for um, two passengers. And I think that will be crucial is how, how is that priced? And there was also discussion that, you know, even if you're a single passenger, you could spend a bit more to just get the bigger suite to yourself. Right, exactly. Um, and then you, you know, have a double bed for, two, mm. for one person, which also sounds amazing. Yeah. I just wonder, you know, because um, like we said, it's that you've got the whole problem of it's technically two seats, but you can't sell it as two seats. Do you think sort of selling the aircraft, this is going to be a huge um, issue for Lufthansa? I, I mean, I think they've probably thought it through already. Mm. Um, I do think there is a lot of added complexity in offering so many variations of seats, especially, you know, not so much in um, economy and premium economy, where a lot of these kind of, you know, extra legroom seats are kind of upgrades. Um, but especially in business class, where you have so many variations, you have uh, the business suite um, which is like an extra privacy doored suite in row one. You have the extra legroom seats. You have the extra privacy seats. You have the baby bassinet seats. Um, you have the the double double seat, not the double suite, but the double seat yeah. at the back of the cabin. Um, and then you also have like a kind of standard seat. So there's so many different options. And, and the throne suite. A lot of, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Uh, in, including the <laughs> this throne, is the so thing though, because, you know, I we moving on to business class now, I said to, um, I, I forget who it was, but somebody at Lufthansa, I said, you know, is this not going to create additional problems? Because say, you know, I'm traveling and I want the front suite and somebody else has already taken it, then, you know, that's not an ideal, uh, an ideal trip for me. And the solution that was kind of offered by Lufthansa was just, if you want a specific seat, you have to book in advance. Um, and it's up, like, it's, it's your problem if you haven't booked in advance, which you know, I guess a lot of business travelers who are perhaps the ones that would have a favorite seat, you know, the the model of business travel is you don't necessarily book to travel in a year's time for business. You're booking quite short notice when, as and when things pop up. So I, I, I think, um, you know, there's going to be some problems there, despite what Lufthansa says. Um, I think that might... I think that might be less of an issue um, because what they've also said is that, you know, you won't be able to book these all of these seats for free. So mm. a, a few of them will be free to select at booking, um, including the classic sleep seats, the baby bassinet seats, obviously. Mm. But some of them, you know, you will have to pay extra for. So and um, I think that you, amount will depend. And you, so actually, the people who actually you might have more choice because people are less likely to kind of pay more. But then you've got the the option, uh, the the argument of you know if if I've booked in advance, so then I've taken one of the free seats, and all of the free seats are then taken. That means that somebody who just books later is then automatically going to get a better seat than me. That's I don't think that will happen. Um, I did ask them that on the day, and they seem to suggest that you know they would kind of want to upgrade their most loyal members first. Um, so whether that means you know if you're Lufthansa miles and more status holder, you you kind of suddenly find that you can select a premium seat for free. Um, that's not clear yet, but they did seem to suggest that you know it wasn't just going to be a free for all. Um, we'll have, to, I mean, fundamentally, we'll have to see how this is implemented. I think it's probably quite a challenging uh, 
proposition for their revenue management teams as well. How do you price all these seats? How do you sell those to customers? Um, you know, there's so much complexity here and it will all come down to how they communicate it with customers. Um, because, uh, you know, a lot of times you select a seat on an airline, all you get is a map and you don't mm. get much additional information. Yeah, I was quite impressed, actually. I chose my seat with Emirates um, earlier this week and I picked the seat and then it gave me a little sort of 3D model of what I would see sitting in this seat. So I guess, uh, you know, we've you tried out the, uh, the VR that they had and this yeah. is... Um, something that they want to to bring to customers that you can actually see your seat. Um. Right. That's been a long time coming, you know. Hmm. I think, you know, for years and years and years, people have had to look at airline seat maps. And I don't know why it's taking so long, but, you know, really airlines should be showing you exactly what you get in your seat. And hmm. a 3D model or like f photography unique to each seat is the perfect way to do that. Um, hopefully Lufthansa embraces that solution and that will let, uh, people make informed decisions about where they want to sit. Mm. I mean, at some point, I guess we're just not going to travel at all and then just sat, sit on our sofa with a VR headset on and pretend we're in business class. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah, it does. Um, should we chat a bit about um, premium economy now? Because I, I don't want to miss out the place where most of the people actually fly. Um, premium economy and economy. You know, the thing about premium economy that they were really pushing is that it's now a hard shelled um a hard right. shelled seat so so what does that mean for a start this is not lufthansa is not the first airline in the lufthansa group to install this particular premium economy seat right it's already been rolling out on swiss for the last year or so um and it's also not the first hard shell premium economy seat available on the market um i know a few airlines have had them in the past um i can't think of off the top of my head right now but you know it's not it's not an innovation. That said, it is different to most premium economy seats available at the moment. And as you say, it's a hard shell seat. And that means that instead of your recline, instead of when you recline, your um, your backrest is kind of leaning into the passenger behind. What actually happens is that your um, the bottom of your seat, which you're sitting on, slides forwards. And so you effectively recline within the back of the hard shell. Um, hopefully that makes sense Uh to our listeners, um, but yeah. So, and what that means is that you know, if you're if you're behind someone who's reclined, you wouldn't know they've reclined because they're not they're not coming into your personal space. They're actually kind of sliding down into their own personal space. Now, the bottom line is actually that this isn't a huge difference, right? Um, before you were intruding on someone else's space in this seat situation, you're kind of minute reducing the space in your own seat. Um, and so from a comfort perspective, it's not all that different. Um, the only difference is that if you choose to recline, you're you're only affecting your own seat. And so hopefully people will be kind of less less mad about people reclining. I mean, I'm I'm not I don't understand people who get angry about people who recline on aircraft because, you know, fundamentally the seats are there to be reclined. It's an interesting um, one because you know, I, I I I would say the thing I the thing I I have an issue with is when somebody just violently reclines their seat back with no warning because you know right. if you've got your laptop on the table, um, it might it might break case, it, it right. could, yeah exactly. But you know, um, if I'm on a normal economy flight, then I will just um, 
just put my seat back, but I remember I was in business class on Royal Air Morocco a year ago and I had the, the CEO of One World sat behind me. So I, I did turn around and say, do you mind if I put my seat back? <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think you're really allowed to recline. Like the whole yeah. point, especially in a night flight, is to recline. Exactly. I think there is there is a reclining etiquette. Obviously, do it slowly. Yeah. Maybe ask for a seat passenger behind you. And also, you know, during the meal service, do kind of unrecline yeah. your seat because otherwise it becomes impossible to eat. And yeah. apart from um, that, I think, you know... I, I would say the only other issue is um, something that Joe mentioned when she was on the first uh, or on the Emirates Premium Economy was that uh, when the seat in front had reclined, it actually made it quite difficult to physically like shimmy out of these narrower yeah. rows. Uh, so I guess the, the the hard shell will particularly help with that. It does, yeah. And that, it, that's an issue on uh, premium economy seats with a particularly big recline. Um, mm. You know, airlines such as North Atlantic, which, um, you know, the recline on those seats is actually pretty incredible um, and a lot, a lot bigger than you know, British Airways or Virgin or most other premium economy seats. Mm. Um, but yeah, with, with these hard shells, that, won't, that will no longer be an issue. Mm. And uh, moving down the back of the plane to my standard <laughs> seating area is economy. And, you know, I the, the thing that struck me as interesting about the economy seats was that I'd just flown um, from um, Frankfurt to Berlin on an A320 and I sat down in this economy seat and it actually already felt like the, the pitch, the legroom was uh, smaller. And we were told that these were going to be like, the, the this was the 30-inch pitch, I think. So the slightly longer, slightly mm. extra legroom. So I'm, I'm wondering how the, the small one will look. But what was your takeaway from the economy cabin? Well, you know, there's less flexibility for changing things in economy. Fundamentally, mm. it's, it is just an economy seat. Um, the good news is they do have, I believe, Bluetooth um, pairing oh, yeah, for headphones throughout the whole plane. Right, so the whole the whole plane is equipped with Bluetooth um, headphones, and I'm not sure if this is an economy as well, but wireless charging. Mm. Um, so, so in terms of technology, you know, it's obviously an improvement. Um, I've tried Bluetooth pairing on Virgin Atlantic recently. Um, and a couple of other airlines. And honestly, it's incredible. I mean, that's um, the thing, though, because, you know, especially in economy, like in, in first class and business class these days, they usually give you pretty decent headsets. But in economy, you get these um, these flimsy rubbish things. And it's like, you know, I've got some AirPods in my pocket. Why can't I just mm-hmm. use those? Um, you know, they're my headset. They're my preferred thing. Right. Um, you know, so it, it's it, again. I think this is something that could have been rolled out across the industry quite a while ago. But it's good to see it. As with all technological uh, rollouts in aviation, it always takes much longer than you think because mm. stuff stuff that is perfectly safe on the ground needs to go through additional certification processes. Mm. So, but it's, it is good. We're we're finally seeing the rollout of Bluetooth um, and wireless charging, and we've seen this a lot in in recent product launches, including the new upper-class seat on the Virgin Neos. Um, Qatar Airways has had um, has got wireless charging, and um, I think Bluetooth um, had Bluetooth connectivity on its new 787 seats as well. I think so, Etihad um, in its 350s also right. has it. From Yeah, so for, for in the last few years, we've seen a, a big kind of push for that, and that's, that's great to see. And, mm. you know, it's really great to see that on Lufthansa as well, um, because... To be fair, you know, they were talking about this seat five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago, I'm pretty sure you they weren't talking about uh, these connectivity options. So mm. it, it does seem to be, even though this, even though the um, launch of Allegris um, is has been delayed, 
it does look like they haven't been sitting still in the last three or four years and they have been making more improvements. You know, there'll also be USB-C um, ports, so that's a great improvement as well, especially as we see more phones and um, laptops go to USB-C connectivity. Yeah, I'm still on uh, sort of Lightning and <laughs> USB-A right. over here, so I hope they don't get rid of that anytime soon. No, I don't, I don't think they'll get rid of USB-A, hmm. um, but hope, hopefully they'll have both. Um, or they will have both, actually. They did confirm that. Yeah, so it's 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 a very exciting period for Lufthansa. As I said, the first the first aircraft to get these new seats will be the Boeing 787. Hmm. Um, and they've said that will arrive in September. Um, we'll Fingers see if that crossed, happens or not. Because, Fingers crossed, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right now, There's they're not delivering any of them. No, um, absolutely. So, fingers crossed and... Hmm. Um, will hopefully be on one of those flights. That'll only be for the new business, premium and economy seats. Um, and the, the, new, the new first suites will only roll out with the A350s coming early next year. Hmm. So we'll have, to be, we'll have to wait a little bit longer for the first, um, but we do at least get to see um, the Allegra's business class. And I think crucially, this is you know a step change for Lufthansa because so many of their current long-haul aircraft are still in the 222 yeah, configuration. They're getting a bit tired. Yeah, I think bit is maybe an understatement. Um, you know, <laughs> direct dial access has been fairly standard for the last five five years. Unless you're um, in <laughs> Right. And even they've, you know, they've launched a massive uh, hmm. new improvement program. So so Lufthansa is a little bit late to the game here, but I think the Allegra's product is a really strong product. Um, you say late to the game, though, but I think it's, it's always... There's always going to be something because, you know, they're going to get this now and then, you know, in... in five years time there'll be something else but they won't want to replace this obviously straight right. away so you know I, I think it's sort of a tricky situation where you can never not be late to the game because the whole industry is always playing catch-up well except you know often you have someone who starts a trend you know who was which was what was the first airline to have um business class suites of doors i mean you know qatar and um delta were you know kind of early players then and now we're seeing um, a lot of airlines kind of do that as well and kind of catch up, so to speak. Actually, one interesting thing is that Lufthansa hasn't decided to include a door on its business class suite uh, seat even. Only the business suites, the front row of a business class cabin, will have these doors, but every other seat will not. Uh, I found the door quite clunky, um, to be honest. So I It was think... clunky, and but you have to remember this, was, this wasn't even a mock-up. This was a crew training model. Um, and I spoke to the team and they were, they confirmed that, you know, the mechanics would be improved because, you know, it was quite clunky. Um, we'll have to wait and see what it's like on uh, on the aircraft itself. I know Air France has a bit of a problem in that it has automatic release doors on their suites, um, which can be quite noisy and they kind of thud into place with a, a big noise, like a kind of kadunk, um, which obviously is not what you want on a night flight when, you know, 30 people are all trying to sleep and, you know, kadunk, kadunk <laughs> is not, not, not a great experience. So we'll have to see, I don't, are they soft closing? Are they not soft closing? You know, what is that experience like? Um, we'll have to see for the final product. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that Lufthansa has chosen not to fit a door. I think personally, that's a mistake. Um, I know not everyone loves a door. I do. I like the flexibility of ha being able to close a door when I want to. Obviously, if you don't want to, you can leave the door open. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, this was <laughs> something um, somebody was saying to us that um, some passengers complain that they've got the door. Um, and it's just like, yeah, if you don't want it, just don't close it. 
Obviously, there is a there is a space kind of intrusion in having a door. You know, you do lose maybe a couple of centimeters. But I think on the whole, the benefits are there. And especially on a night flight, when you're in an aisle seat and you're quite exposed to people walking up and down the aisle, having that door just, you know, cocoons you a bit more, protects you a bit more from people walking past and just, you know, makes you feel less disturbed. So for me, I would have liked to have seen a door. Um, will we potentially see a door going in in future versions? I hope so. Um, my gut feeling is that Lufthansa isn't done innovating here. Um <laughs> And we'll hopefully see more. And on that subject, actually, I think the most impressive change, and this is an airline first globally, is that all their business and first-class passengers will have personal in-seat heating and cooling. Right. This was the thing that you were raving about um, yesterday (laughs) or on Tuesday. I, I think this has kind of gone under the radar. I think Lufthansa hasn't actually sold this or like spoken about it enough. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of people are used to having heated seats and cooled seats from luxury cars. You know, mm. it's pretty standard. Not even Mercedes luxury Porsche. cars, you know. If I rent right. a van from down the road, that's got heated seats. <laughs> exactly. But we haven't yet seen it on aircraft. And I think Lufthansa... Lufthansa claims it's the first airline to do so, and I'm pretty sure it is. I think they were claiming the, they were the first with the cooling. I'm not sure if they were claiming they were also first with the heating. Possibly, yeah, you may be possibly right. Mm. Anyway, this, this, this technology, Lufthansa's the first one airline to have this. Um, it's really impressive. It's actually the same technology as I believe Mercedes uses. Um, and so that will be really, really cool to see. You know, as someone who always gets a bit warm on, especially in night flights, I'm really looking forward to trying that out. And um, it's a little bit complicated because obviously the heated seat works quite simply. You have a heated element, a bit like an electric blanket, um, going through the seat. The cooling is um, managed differently. And interestingly, they're using some kind of suction fan to actually suck air out of the seat. So, um, so the, the, the kind of the foam of the seat, the, 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 the fabric on top of the seat is all breathable and that lets the air kind of pass through the seat itself. Um, now, I think, you know, if that works as promised, that will be a game changer and hopefully we'll see that on other airlines. And I think that is a real innovation here and kudos to Lufthansa and their partners for, you know, giving it a go because mm. that is impressive. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned that you're always too hot on these flights and I would kind of agree with that. But also I'm that person that puts the heated seat on even if it's like 20 degrees outside. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think a heated seat is just so much more pleasant than having hot air blown at you, right? Um, I much prefer, it's a kind of more warming, more internally warming way to warm up. Um, because I find, you know, especially on aircraft where you've got these vents and stuff, you, you dry out so quickly, you know, it's very dehydrating. So to have have a heating option that is, you know, much more comfortable, um, I think that's a big improvement. And I actually I managed to try it out on the in the first suite mock up, and it was very very comfortable. Um, so you know I'm really looking forward to trying that feature out. I think that's a real game changer, um, and well done, Lufthansa. Mm. Well, I think that's about all we've got time for today. So thank you so much for joining us, Reese, and hopefully see you around soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, We welcome any feedback for our podcast at podcast at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a rating on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.